Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Tim and Julie Harris, and we're broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas, and this is, of course, Real Estate Coaching Radio. So today, you guys are just stuck with me as Julie is busy off with a graduate coaching call. And by the way, guys, remember, Julie and I are going to continue offering free coaching calls, first come, first serve, and I understand we are booked quite a few days out in advance, but go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and you can literally schedule yourself for a free coaching call. I have to say, I have been getting a lot of coaching calls lately, coaching call requests from even our existing coaching clients, where you guys are really being tempted to buy buyer leads. And if you guys have been listening to the radio show, if you've been connected with Julie and I for any amount of time, the idea of buying buyer leads is just really insanity. Buying leads in general, kind of stupid, but buying buyer leads in particular just absolutely makes no sense. So we're going to be talking, or rather I'm going to be talking with your participation. Um, hopefully you'll call in. Maybe if you have any questions, you can also email your questions or questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. So the topic of today's show truly is Zillow, Realtor.com, and truthfully there's probably about 20 other sites now that are trying to sell you guys buyer leads. Sell, selling buyer leads to agents seems to be the new trend. Um, Zillow certainly started the trend a few years ago, and they've done it well. So the, the thought that I have and the question I want all of you to really challenge yourselves with is why are you buying buyer leads? Why is it that agents today think that they have to pay for somebody else to do their lead generation? Guys, lead generation and learning then how to sell is an absolute critical element of you being successful in the real estate business. And if you're not going to do your own lead generation, if you're not going to do your own uh, presenting and selling, then you're not going to be in the real estate business. Literally, you do these things and you do them well, or you're not in the business. It's all about generating leads and then obviously being able to get the business. Our focus, obviously, for those of you who have your head screwed on straight, is teaching you guys how to be phenomenal listing agents. There are great buyer's agents out there, and there's nothing wrong with being a buyer's agent, but the fact is, is that the problem with buyer agency is you are never truly in control of your business. Now, I'm going to do a little quick coaching, uh, I think, a little quick coaching lesson for all of you, because I know some of you guys are listening to Julie and I for the first time. You're tuning into the idea that a coach would help you get, get you down the road faster, that frankly you'll make more money quicker if you don't have to trial and error your way through your real estate business plan. So I'm going to do a little quick coaching lesson for you, and hopefully this will illuminate a lot of the reasons why some of you have been struggling needlessly in the business. Um, and remember, today we're going to be really drilling down on the whole idea of buying buyer leads. We're going to talk about some statistics, and then I'm going to share with you a sort of contrarian viewpoint that hopefully will, again, get you thinking along the right lines. Now, I just said something, and some of you are going to take offense to it. Tim, are you saying the only way to think is how you and Julie think? No, of course not. 
There are a lot of ways, really countless ways, to be successful in the real estate business. And some of you guys have really done a phenomenal job of carving out little niches in your marketplace. I'm seeing a lot of you really take advantage of the new builds in your marketplace. A lot of you are taking advantage of different opportunities with obviously distressed real estate, something that we certainly have a passion for. A lot of you are figuring out unconventional and non-traditional ways. I love property management, for example, non-traditional ways to do quite well in the real estate industry. But still, many of you are still struggling, needlessly trying to understand really what your first step is. A typical free coaching call that I do with an agent who's not a student of ours has been in the business for about two years. They've gone through their you know, easy deals that they would have gotten from their friends and family. As soon as they get their real estate licenses, they burn through those. And now they're left wondering, well, what the heck am I supposed to do next? So they are then, generally speaking, going to be very susceptible to the telemarketer calling them up and saying, hey, i got a solution to all your problems. Buy buyer leads from us. And then that's an easy message because then you're convincing yourself, well, heck, if I buy buyer leads, that's great. I won't have to worry about and learn how to lead generate myself. But we're going to really peel the layers back right now. So here's the question I have for you. I want all of you, and this is a question I ask all my graduate coaching students. This is a really great topic, frankly, when Julie and I are doing live presentations. So I want all of you right now to collectively give me an example of a seller, rather, let's start with the other way, a buyer that has to buy. Okay, seriously, I want you to pretend right now that you and I are having a conversation. It's just you and I are on the phone. Let's say we're having a free coaching call, right? So you're going to go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and you're going to be confused about really what direction to take your business, and I'm going to try to clear the air for you and get you to really drill down and focus on what's important. So one of the questions I'm going to ask you is, so Give me an example of a buyer that has to buy. In other words, a buyer that has to buy, not wants to if the price is right, not wants to if they can get the right house for the right you know, conditions, not wants to if they can get a deal, but has to buy. Think about that. You want me to save the effort? Here it goes. There is no such thing. Now, some of you will argue, and maybe you're right, that a uh, 1041 tax exchange is a very motivated buyer. No doubt about that. That is absolutely true if they want to avoid paying the taxes. But the reality of it is they don't have to buy. There is no such thing as a buyer that has to buy because at the end of the day, the buyer can always what? Rent. Or the buyer can always stay put if they own a, own a current place or they can continue renting. See? There is no such thing as a truly motivated buyer. They don't exist because they always can change their minds. And when you're working with buyers and you're driving them around and you're giving them your life energy that you will never get back, traipsing around God's green earth, showing them different properties, in the back of your mind, there's a little egg timer, right? Of You know that you only have a limited window to find these people, this magic house that they're looking for, or they're going to change their mind. Isn't that always the omnipresent fear that you have as a buyer's agent? Or their interest rate lock is going to run out. Or something else is going to change where their motivation can change in a heartbeat. Buyers lose motivation instantly. You've all experienced that. You have some hot-to-trot buyer that's you know, basically jumping up and down to buy properties one day, and then the next day, they're gone. They change their mind. They signed another six-month lease, whatever. Some situation changes, and so as a result of that, they're no longer motivated. You with me on this? Now let's ask, another, let's ask the same question, but let's focus on sellers. And at this point is where your epiphany should be starting. A light bulb should be going off in front of your head, and this should be one of those biggest aha moments of your career. If you have not had this before, here it is. Give me an example 
of a seller that has to sell. Not wants to sell, has to sell. Give me an example of a seller that has to sell. Please take this exercise seriously. This could literally change your real estate career. Give me an example of a seller that has to sell. Okay, you're struggling with that a little bit? All right. If you've sold a listing before, if you've had a listing that you've sold, or even if you sold somebody else's listing, what was the motivation of that seller? Some of you have had listings. Think back. What was the motivation of all the listings you've successfully sold? Think about that. It's an interesting question, isn't it? You have sellers that have to sell because of why. The house is in a trust. The house is part of a divorce. The house is part of a, it's a short sale. The house is a foreclosure. The house is something that is forced to sell for some other selling of some other form of debt. The house has been inherited and the heirs don't want the property. The house is a rental property and the owner is too old or doesn't want to take after it anymore and they want to put the money towards something else. You guys get it? When you're dealing with sellers, there's honest-to-God motivation. When you're dealing with buyers, it's always a want-to. So this is what I call a want-to versus have-to. Buyers always want to buy. Sellers good sellers, the sellers that you're going to get paid on, have to sell. Get it? There's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. There are such things as sellers that have to sell. Now, will you run into sellers that want to sell? Of course. And you know how you can tell whether they're serious, whether they're want to or have to? You ask them, Mr. Seller, do you have to sell this property or you just want to sell this property? There's your huge script, right? I'm being facetious, obviously, but the point of it is, is that's the question you ask. And they will tell you, well, you know what? If this house doesn't sell, we're just going to rent it. Or if this house doesn't sell, we're just going to stay put. Or if this house doesn't sell, fill in the blank. Okay, they have a plan B, which means that if you go to them for a price change, or if there's a bump in the road with that listing that causes them a little turmoil, they will fall back on that plan B because they don't have to sell. So when you're thinking back at any listings you've ever successfully sold, nine times out of ten, those sellers had to sell. Makes sense. Common sense, right? You see how that is just a very simple message? But once you get it, it really makes it clear that there are thousands of different types of real estate client leads, leads all around you. Leads are not hard to find. But good, qualified sellers, sellers that have to sell, those are the gold in the real estate industry. Everything else, frankly, you need to not waste your time on. You need to focus on the have-to-sell sellers and stop wasting your time on everyone else. That is, for many of you, a revelation. Some of you, it's a little bit offensive. I realize that. I mean, sometimes when you're given information that flies in the face of traditional thinking, it's shocking. So here's a quick commercial. At least I thought it was a quick commercial. Maybe not. (laughs) That was my quick commercial sneeze break. You're listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Are you ready to ask Tim and Julie your toughest real estate sales, business, or lead generation question? Call us now at 347-857-1195 or email your question to questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. Now, back to Tim and Julie Harris. Okay, that was my quick sneeze and coffee break, so let's just jump right back in. Now, this today's radio show was inspired by an article that was on Inman News Features, inman.com. 
I-N-M-A-N.com. You guys ought to read that site. Really cool stuff. Um, so I'm going to read the bitter, beginning part of this, and then we're going to dig down in it. Okay? So Zillow, Trulli, and Realtor.com all boosted their web market share in February at the expense of smaller portals. Now, remember, a portal is just basically a website where you go to online to, in this case, look at homes for sale. With the big three capturing nearly a third of all real estate traffic from desktop computers, according to Sperian Market Services. Real estate's three most popular website, websites, which is, uh, will attempt to put even more distance between themselves and the rest of the pack this year, with massive national marketing campaigns, and we told you guys about that, capturing 32.45% of all real estate web traffic in February, up from 31.23% in January and 23.41% in, uh, a year ago. Zillow, this is where it gets interesting, Zillow snared 16.53% of real estate traffic, followed by Trulia at 8.66%, and Realtor.com at 7.26%. Redfin was the only other real estate-related website in the top 10 that was able to grow its market share from January to February, climbing four places into eighth position on the Experian list with 1.8%, rather 1.18% of web market share. The, now, here's where it gets interesting, and I'm going to break all these numbers down. I know this is a little boring, but it really is very, very interesting what happens once we have all this data to determine really what the quality of a paid-for buyer lead is? The 316 million visits to real estate sites from desktop computers, not iPhones, not iPads, you guys know what I'm talking about here, last month represented a plunge of approximately 100 million visits from February, um, from last February and 13% dip from January. So we're going to do that again. I'm going to say that again, and I want you to pay attention. The 316 million visits to real estate sites from desktop computers last month represented a plunge of approximately 100 million visits from last February and a 13% dip from January. Illustrating the importance of mobile traffic, Bozilla and uh, Trulia now report that more than 50% of their traffic to sites comes from mobile devices. So, Zillow and Trulli and Realtor.com are rightfully saying the dip in traffic was because more people are doing their home searching using mobile devices. It makes sense, but also we know that the dip in traffic to search sites also is because there were fewer people searching for a home, and we know that from the home sales data. So yes, they had more people moving from their desktops to search on mobile devices, but at the same time, we know, looking back, you know, that there was definitely fewer home sales, and a lot of things in the housing market were getting unsettled because I personally think it was weather-related, but after March we'll know for sure whether or not there's an actual slowdown happening or there was just temporarily bad because of the weather. Again, I think it's the weather. But anyway, the online brokerage and referral site Movado climbed from 18th in January to 14th in February's rankings with 1.01% market share. Movado was recently acquired by Tokyo Boost Recruit Holdings, which says it's out to make the site the number one U.S. real estate destination site. So in case you guys didn't know, this Movado company is going to be offering buyer leads just like Realtor.com, Zillow, and Trulia. They're going to be getting in that same business. They're going to be essentially trying to do what those other companies are doing amongst a zillion other companies. Zillow's rental site, okay, we don't need to read all this, so let's get to the interesting stuff. How about that? All right. So now I'm thinking about their statistics. And I was thinking about, okay, what does that actually mean in terms of the quality of the buyer leads that you guys are buying? So one of the typical things I'm hearing on these free coaching calls that we're doing, and this is 
happens, you know, again, I'm encouraging you guys to request a free coaching call. If my schedule allow, I'd be thrilled to talk with you. Free coaching calls for agents.com. We absolutely give preference to existing uh, coaching clients and those of you who are ready to become coaching clients, so keep that in mind. Um, I'm not looking to uh, not have conversations with you guys, but obviously I have to give preference for those folks who are doing business with us or are ready to do business with us. I'm sure you'll agree that just makes sense. So let's think about this. One of the biggest things that we're hearing, and this trend started in earnest probably a couple years ago, is you guys are now paying sometimes hundreds and in some cases thousands of dollars a month for buyer leads. And you know our philosophy on that. You never have to buy a buyer lead when you learn how to be a listing agent because the truth is listing agents, even if you just have a handful of listings and you use a service like 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM, you should check that site out, 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM, you will never really have to buy a buyer lead ever. So being a listing agent, and remember, a listing that have to sell sellers, you are in control of the market. You are the market. Now, the market for you might just be your neighborhood, or it might be your city, or it might be a subdivision. It doesn't matter. Start there, and you, frankly, will probably make more than enough money that you won't have to expand. But if you do, then you can expand and uh, include uh, surrounding communities and all those types of things which a lot of our top producing agents have done. So back to this idea of buying buyer leads. You know that, frankly, for most agents, it's a uh, last-ditch or first-ditch attempt at getting any kind of business. I was told, and I've been told this many times, that a lot of brokers and office managers are encouraging, especially their newest agents, to buy buyer leads. And, and office managers and brokers, please don't be mad at me for saying this because you know thousands of agents are listening. But please stop giving these agents that horrible advice. Please instead encourage them to actually learn the tools necessary for them to have a career in real estate, not just basically have a license for a year or two. Please stop setting these people up for failure. Please stop allowing your business to be a real estate body shop. There are so many agents right now that are needlessly struggling because they're given this bad advice that they have to buy buyer leads. Buying buyer leads is a trend, and it's a bad one, and it's putting you guys in debt, and it's psychologically giving you an excuse not to actually learn the tools necessary to become listing agents. The money is being a listing agent. The power is being in the listing agent. It is almost – I know of no examples, and if there are any examples, if you're an example of an agent who specifically only works with buyers, and you are making – hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars per year from it, selling multiple properties, not just one or two or three big home runs. I want to hear from you because I have never once, never once ran into an agent who's making a lot of money consistently working with buyers. Now, again, working with buyers is critical. And when we teach you to be a top-producing listing agent, one of the absolute tenets, one of the minimum standards is going to be always having three AAA motivated motivated buyers that you're working with at all times, okay? That is going to be a rule you are going to follow when we are working with you as your coaches. Please be clear on that. Do not resist it because some of you, when you become listing agents, you like to say, oh, I don't work with buyers. I have a buyer agent staff. That is stupid. You will lose contact with the marketplace. You have to always have three AAA buyers. Hey, cherry pick them. I'm all for that. So, again, we're focusing on buying buyer leads. We're not talking about the idea of buyer agents or all the rest of that today. Listen to past radio shows. We really talked a lot about that. So here's the thought. I said this before. 
previous radio shows. Now we're seeing other people that are figuring this out too and writing articles on it. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a really brilliant comment that was made on that Inman News article. And he is, this guy, frankly, saved me a lot of effort of having to do the math because he's actually taken the statistics and the numbers that are being reported from all these big portals and being reported by the companies that track their web traffic, and he's breaking this information down for us. So Jim Pays, uh, if you're listening, I owe you a debt for writing this really great remark to this article on Inman. Here it is. I find it interesting that there are 130.5 million visitors January only searching for homes with the top 10 sites non-rental for an annualized sales last year of approximately 5.7 million homes. Okay, get what he's saying? Where is the conversion rates of people searching these sites and, the, and those purchasing homes? And for realtors purchasing these 130.5 million supposed lead contacts sold by the larger portals, one might want to question the quality of the leads, especially when you consider only 1 in 23 people end up buying. Okay? I hope you guys are following everything we're saying right now. What Jim is saying, quite eloquently, I must say, is that the quality of the leads that you guys are buying are pretty much not good. Right now, I'm going to read that last bit because it's so well put, especially when you consider only 1 in 23 people end up buying a home. Also keep in mind that these larger portals are capturing approximately 32.45% of the traffic, which means that the other sites, i.e. Realtor.com, Brokerage Sites, Smart Portals, account for 67.5% of total traffic. Now, that's another great point. Thank you, Jim. So what Jim is saying is even though the big three, okay, that's really what it's become, Zillow, Trillia, Realtor.com, even though they have captured what amounts to basically 30, almost 40% of the traffic, that still means a vast majority of all search traffic goes to brokerage sites, smaller portals, agent sites. Those of you who have built sites and have IDEX on your sites who have a lead capture figured out, and so you can actually get those leads yourself. The reality of it is, is the vast majority of all buyer traffic still goes local to the brokerage sites. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys a couple trends, and we're going to get back to Jim's great comment. So here's the trends. We already know, it's happening in Austin, it's happening in other marketplaces, that many of the MLSs are starting to question whether or not they want to syndicate their listings to the major portals. In other words, do they want to automatically have their agent members' sites or listings appear on non-industry controlled sites? Austin said no. Other uh, MLSs around the country are also saying no. There's an MLS in LA who said, okay, yes, we can allow our listings to be syndicated, but we're going to delay it. I think it was by 10 days or something. So in other words, they're only going to appear on the agent's IDEX sites. They're only going to appear on uh, Realtor.com, and they're going to be then allowed to shown, be shown on the other sites, giving obviously the advantage to industry-controlled online assets, and the consumers will quickly figure out that the data is of better quality on those other, on essentially the industry sites than it is on the non-industry sites. But it's not a home run. Delaying the traffic or delaying the listing syndication or not allowing the listing syndication by itself is not a home run. That in itself won't basically you know, turn the tides back in favor of us controlling our own leads. The challenge we have is that Zillow and Trulia and a lot of these other sites have built brilliant websites. Zillow and Trulia's websites, when you look at them, they are eye candy. It's the best tools, the best experience. They are brilliant. 
And then when you hop on another and you hop on a Norma agent's website, it feels like something that's outdated, old, clunky. You guys don't have the lead capture. You allow someone to search three houses, and then you throw up something about, you know, you have to give me your information or I'm not going to allow you to search anymore. That's not the experience that you should be trying to get people to relate to you with. That's not going to work. So you then dig a little bit deeper. And you, and then you look at all Zillow's tools and their apps and all this really elegant stuff that they've built. So they are, you know, as Realtor.com says, they're a real estate entertainment website. I don't know if that's really true. I think NAR said that maybe. That's not really true. Maybe that's an oversimplification. But I have to say, they have built really elegant, beautiful, entertaining websites. Realtor.com is closing the gap. They had a you know, relaunch of their, um, a lot of their tools, and it's getting better. And, and maybe within 12 months there will be no difference, and everyone will be operating the same, and everyone's experience for consumers will be virtually the same. But right now, the reason that Zillow is the number one portal isn't because they have the best listing data, because they don't. It's because they have the best user experience. You know, there's, an, there's a real good business lesson Spencer and his team have done a brilliant, Spencer's the CEO of Zillow, have done a masterful job of identifying the fact that the search experience, the real estate, you know, the way that the real estate industry has related to uh, consumers for, you know, forever is kind of a bad experience. And Zillow is turning the tides on that. So the moral of the story is, is Zillow and Truly and these other portals they might not have the latest and greatest information for buyers to search, but they're going to probably keep their edge on the experience. And at the end of the day, the experience maybe in a lot of ways is just as important as accurate listing data. Just keep that in mind. But here's where the challenge comes in. For the portals from their business model, but I don't really care about them. I care about you. So they are going to be spending over $100 million this year at least on direct-to-consumer advertising. You've seen Zillow's ads. You're going to see Realtor.com's ads. They're not going to be Realtor ads that Realtor.com is going to be running. They're going to be Realtor.com ads, why you want to go to their site to do searching. Now, they will absolutely positively blow through the roof homes, or, uh, people searching you know, on their websites for home data. They'll no doubt be extremely successful in increasing their numbers in terms of eyeballs, traffic, and all that. And they're going to brag about all these huge increases and how their ad spend made brilliant sense. And then what happens? They're going to then be able to generate more buyer leads to sell to you guys. But what happens to the quality of the buyer leads? What's already started happening to the quality of the buyer leads? Those of you who are buying buyer leads right now, tell me about the quality of those buyer leads. How many actual closed transactions do you have from buying buyer leads? Have you actually tracked how much you're paying per buyer lead? The average consumer or average realtor is paying Zillow $271 a month for their buyer leads. <clears throat> how many leads did they send you last month? Okay, divide that, you know, 271 into how many leads you got. Now, I want you to figure out, we're into March here, how many actual dollars you've made from the money you've spent. The math, in many cases, doesn't make sense. So back to Jim's really great comments, I'm going to recover some ground. Also keep in mind, that the larger portals are capturing approximately 32.45% of the traffic, which means the other sites, i.e. realtor sites, brokerage sites, smaller portals, portals account for 67.55% of the total traffic. Yet the numbers of sales remain, this is the critical part of Jim's comment, yet the number of sales remains last year at approximately 5.7 million nationwide. It makes me wonder, me too, Jim, are these sites really delivering on what visitors, buyers, investors, and homeowners need and want in an informational site? 
but again, Jim's taking it to a different level than what I'm focused on. My focus is, you know, being that we're an agent-centric coaching company, are those sites really delivering you guys the leads that maybe they used to? I've heard from a lot of you that the, the quality of the leads that you used to get from these different portals has changed because what happens? Think about this. Guys, this is just common sense. Get this into your head. Don't fight it. It's just a fact. It's not in my opinion. This is just a fact. When you go to Zillow as a consumer, you're probably also going to Realtor.com. You're probably also going to an agent site, a broker site, an MLS site, right? And you're filling out forms, which means those leads are then being sold to not just you, but potentially dozens of other agents. That means that the consumer is being inundated with different agents who have all paid to get their information. That's the reason that the quality of your leads that you're buying from these buyer lead companies has gone down so dramatically over the past, really, arguably, probably two or three years. And this year, it's going to get even worse, especially considering that the number of homes sold this year by NAR is not projected to be any greater than it was last year, and yet that many more leads are going to be generated. What does that tell you? It tells you the buyer buying, lead, the buying buyer leads thing is a fad, and if those of you who are becoming dependent on it, you better turn and wake up to the fact, change course, and really, frankly, embrace the idea that if you want to list, if you want to last in real estate, you have to list. So thank you for joining me for today's radio show. Remember, you can always request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.